mentioned a show called Plock Talk. And I, I want to take the opportunity here to, I, I missed it. I was listening in on, on um, you guys talking about Plock earlier. But I think Plock might be the first indie game I ever played. Wow. I can play it in an indie game, though. Isn't that like a Nintendo game? It's no, not. It, it was developed by just two guys, I thought. Yeah, it was Software Creations, which was a pretty small studio, yeah. I mean, but it's it, it, the term indie did not exist at that at that point for well, the game. Well, so I would argue, and I don't know if it, Tim, you wanted to go here, but I was thinking about this too. Natural flow. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really forced that transition. I, I like it though. I like it a lot. I think Crash was developed by like ten people when back when Nine was a very small company. Does yeah. That, does that make it indie? Well, video game teams themselves just used to be a lot smaller. Yeah, they used to. Yeah. Be. But I was thinking about this, and I don't know, this is going to show everybody's age here, but did anybody have, like, Game Empire discs or, like, Shareware yes. discs or anything? Uh, like That's that how I played me, Doom for the first time. That, for me, that was indie games. And I feel like that's right around the Super Nintendo time, too. NES Super Nintendo, but I was playing, like, Scorched Earth and, like, really weird, like, Commander Keen, the Apogee stuff. And I was thinking about like what was an indie game, and I remember playing so much shareware where you'd only be able to play like the first four levels of a game, and I would just get really good because there was 250 on a disc. <laughs> yes. Nukem. Duke Nukem. I do that like Super yeah. Nintendo games are really <laughs> yeah. because they shareware work again. In all the publishing, we had the Nintendo seal of approval. Um, right. So they always kind of were putting their, they were at least putting their stamp on things. Yeah, I mean, indie's a tough thing because just like if you applied it to music or film or whatever, like what's an actual indie? Um, it's kind of like, I always put it more of a DIY. Like I feel like it started with the shareware where someone was just making a game and throwing it out there and people were kind of passing it around. And then it went to like flash gaming. I think of like Newgrounds and all the games that I played on there that were created by like, two people and just put up on the internet to kind of play on a website um yeah that's that's where my head goes on all this oh and it's it's the same thing like you said with with film and and music i mean there's indie record labels and that seems like a contradiction of terms um and there's you know in in the film you have things like fox searchlight which exists for fox to fund indie films but they're being funded by 20th century fox it's like that's the opposite of indie to me there's that seems like there's tiers to that and then maybe that's the same thing with video games and that and the record companies and all that kind of stuff there's tiers there's the there's the person there's the guy or the lady who's making the game and selling it out of the back of their trunk or making a, an album a tape and giving handing them out on the street out of the back of their trunk or making a movie with a eight millimeter camera or you know back in the day or or now with your phone making it with that and then posting on youtube and you made a movie and then the next tier is basically okay i have this concept and you've got somebody who has got some money but they're not necessarily the big studios but they're they're a small up-and-coming studio and they're willing to back you so that's still maybe you know indie but big enough to get you to sundance probably and then you get noticed by everybody else. And then, okay. the kind of, you know, there's. I think there might be different levels to indie. Oh, yeah. 
for sure. Can I, yeah. Can I ask a question about that though? What if your IP is super popular? Does that consider it indie? Because um, I was gonna say this, but popularity right has nothing to do with it being indie. I don't yeah. think. No, because like um, in the indie showcase, one of the games they featured was um the TMT game that they were introducing announced, and I'm like, TMT is anything but like indie or obscure. Like everyone knows what TMT right. is. Why is this an indie like direct? Well, I think There's that goes back to. That goes back to Andros's original point, though, is it's like Plock was made by just a few guys. It was published by a bigger company and put out on a Nintendo platform. But like, if you think of the term indie as a small homebrewy kind of origination, like the new TMNT game seems like it has a smaller team that's using a big license. But is it is it being developed by konami or capcom or one of these big studios no it seems like it's being made by a a smaller group and they just happen to have access to a popular they proved license. they'd be they proved what they could do with the streets of rage license and then so the they were probably approached about the tmnt or they maybe approached them saying hey we want to make a game you know here's what we did we want to do the same thing with teenage mutant ninja turtles and you know, yeah. let's go from there. And so. I mean, I agree. And it does seem to me like indie is no longer really the appropriate term, but it's just the one everybody's using and you're not going to sell people on a new one. But I, I mean, these days, indie basically means anything that isn't considered triple A is indie by default. Yeah. I just don't yeah. understand when people say like, oh, I play indie games. I'm like, I consider indie games just as good as any other game. So I don't know why it would. They are because they're indie. You, you, they, yeah, you know, I don't think quality is the question. Everything. Yeah, we've yeah. seen plenty of quality, and and that's why you see a lot of these indies become part of those AAA companies. You know, like we were talking about before, like with uh, the um, Cuphead. You know, they got noticed and they got picked up by Microsoft. So, yeah. To to Me but, Mega Dragon's point, I I did see uh, comments on the last Indie World Showcase that were like show us real games and, and people saying things like that. It's just like, man, what? I can't believe it. Just to circle back because I found it funny and looking forward to talking about Askawada, but uh, I pointed out, I think, on the live chat last night that Iwata uh, uh, in that book refers to Super Smash Brothers as the ultimate indie game uh, because he talks about how, you know, for most of its development, the it's development kind of game was him, Sakurai, and one other guy who just did the sound. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I kind of find it ironic when you say that because there's like a bunch of indie Smash games out there, and calling the actual Smash game indies like sounds so weird to me. I'm sorry, <laughs> I just had to say but that. I mean, like, it, I, it just goes to show how you know it, the term. <clears throat> been yeah. used kind of fast and loose so. well maybe the question is, like that i'm curious to hear everybody's answers for is like what's the first game you can recall playing that was like labeled as indie you, you know what i mean mm. not not like thinking with our own terms but you played it and like oh this is an indie game it was advertised as an indie game yeah that's that's basically what the the, the main dish is about is fine you know whatever you feel like you remember that indie game was that you played you know so like liam you were saying you feel like the shareware was you know like the indie games of our day back then you know and that's when you started playing and that's what you that's probably what your answer is 
Yeah, but. I mean, Commander Keen for me, I played all the Commander Keen games. I played every Apogee game that there was. The original, like, side-scrolling Duke Nukem. Like, all of those still feel like indie games to me um, because they were smaller development teams that they were... I, like, again, it was a lot of shareware and, like, freeware that got passed around. It wasn't something that I went out and bought. Right. Um, like, yeah, it wasn't, like, a disc that I had and, like had a license to or anything and, and it's just um, like just like what we were talking about today with all these you know people who start out small but then get bought up by bigger companies or become bigger companies like id software you know with the doom game and they started off small making the doom game and then they just blew up you know with doom coming popular and then doing the quake games and then so on and so forth so yeah i mean they made commander keen like that is that's yeah. the group that made doom is the ones who started with commander keen yeah the game that ea canceled the mobile version or something and the king well they keep they, they did a reboot of it on game boy at one point and they did another one i think in like the early 2000s but yeah i haven't heard anything uh, people did but that's also a series that the assets are out there and people use those to build their own indie games off of too there's all of that like the homebrew framework that they use is based off of that interesting i mean I, to your question um i don't remember specifically what game i i first played that i consider indie i mean do you consider flash games indie or something like well, 100%. Or something? I was going to I was going to real quick clarify where I was thinking. Um like the first the first game that you can recall that was by definition of everyone else, not by your own definition, but like was advertised as this is an indie game. Um and so I th I'd say things in probably early 90s. I don't recall that term ever being used. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. It wasn't. I don't know when that first started showing up. I didn't hear about it till. What was the maybe, Xbox even, 360? Even some of those other stuff, like like Commander Keen, that was kind of. I mean, I don't recall that being. What was the Xbox 360 uh, arcade stuff that they talked? Was it the arcade? Uh, that was used. That's when I started hearing indie game. I did not play it until much later, but I think Cave Story. Would yeah, be one for that's a lot a of people. probably like the first. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't play yeah, it until the 3DS version. Story when I got on the Wii, and I still haven't beat it, and I'm a little annoyed at that. God yeah, me. I think WiiWare. When you started hearing about, yeah, we had the virtual. That was another one I was going to mention. World of Goo. Which, like, by the because way, that, I, that I, was definitely one that, like, it was a wake up moment for people as, like, oh, games that are WiiWare can actually be like, yes, WiiWare, fully right. viable games, not just like. <laughs> fun little arcade things yeah i feel like we wear was a big thing that's how i discovered telltale like a lot of those kind of initially like story driven telltale games was through there too uh, i think my initial answer was going to be the first release of spelunky which was on pc source available so um that came out in like 2008 i want to say I am so pumped for the sequel to come in July. Just gonna throw that out there. I talk, I, I talk about that one as much as I can. Spelunky is um, one of the few games that I have hundred percent and got all achievements in. I think that might be my answer as well, Sam. I think that might be my first, my first one that I can recall. Mine that I did not mention on the show yesterday because I, I brought, we were talking about indies a little bit there too. Um, but the one that I did not mention there that I saved just for you guys. Geometry Wars. 
that was the one that I yeah. felt was uh, one of those first indie games. And that's when I started picking up on the whole indie game genre, I guess, if you want to call it that. I feel like I started a little bit later doing the indie games. Uh, if you don't include, you know, if you don't include those shareware stuff, you know, if you want to talk about strictly indie game, I probably didn't play one until Shovel Knight. Um, oh, Shovel and Knight. Then Shovel Knight and then probably um, SteamWorld Dig probably was the second one I played. Okay. And um, like Shovel Knight, though, is one that is that is one that I love going back to that game. I think it is just like incredible. Like it it feels great. It plays great. All the all the content they've added, like that's just top of line. Um, Steam World, the Steam World games, those are you know especially especially the dig, the two dig ones are definitely my favorite. Uh, and and I keep hoping that we get a, a dig three um, because those those are probably the best Metrovanias that are not uh, you know. Yes, not yeah, Metroid or they're ranked pretty high you know? on that list. Yes, Spyphone, are you playing sure. um, Steam Requests right now? Just curious, since you mentioned. I I have it. I've only I've only played uh, for a little bit. I just haven't had time to put into it. I, that, I was gonna say that's another game I've been playing for a little bit. Um, I played it on Luna, but I rebought it on my Steam account because I feel like I don't know why it looks much better um, when you have it on a local drive versus in the cloud. Plus, like, like Amazon Luna still doesn't like have access to Android tablets, which I would prefer to play on the go, versus my small phone. I don't know. I saw for really in there. I was just uh, you mentioned Steam World. I was like, oh yeah, I played that too. We should yeah, play. They, it's they fun. are there. It. Yeah, they're. Then again, I'm. I love card games, so it, it's. I I kind of had to love it. Sorry, I cut you off there, Tim. You were saying something? No, Matt, go ahead. You were saying something. No, I was just saying about the Steam World big games. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're good. Um, see, I'm just trying to figure out my first indie game, and I guarantee one of the old Commodore 64 games I played was an indie game. There's something out there. I mean, <laughs> Pit Stop 2, but the, I was actually start going to first thing came to mind is Maniac Mansion, but that's Lucasfilm's game. That's yeah. indie back then. Uh, so then as I try to progress through, um, I'm going to hit the NES sitting over here. Um, I'm not going to pull it out, so I'll make too much noise. Um, one of my favorite games to play was a NES, a game ported to the NES called Mule. And it's an acronym, so it's M period, U period, L period, but anyhow. It was actually developed for the NES by East Ridge, Te East, East Ridge Technology. I mean, the game was published by EA, but the game originally came out in like 1983. What is it? Mule? Yeah. The game originally came out on uh, the Atari in 1983. Is it like a platformer or what? What it, is it? No, it's it's a four-player simulation game, like strategy. Like you have your you. Four donkeys. So there's four donkeys. Very The donkeys are what you. Oh, not that. Uh, but the donkeys <laughs> are like the mechanical things, but like you you inhabit the planet. So you want to get a piece of land. If you get one on the river, then you can farm and get a lot of crops. So you have to have food. You got to get energy from the sun, but every, like you get these plots of land and you try to develop in the different things. Wow. Then you go to the point where you have to sell your stuff. Things can catch on fire. You can just 
pay everything out of the store to drive up the price if you want, but you have to worry about like food rotting, energy spoiling, and stuff. I have never heard of this game. Dude, this is, man, it is the awesome. most underrated I... game. The only people I know that know about this game are old like me, or like the people the people that work over at the um the Strong Museum here. It's got like the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Like the people that work there, it made their list for like one of the most influential games of like a certain year from a list they did like a couple years ago. Man, Shannon, that you is look awesome. like it's almost I like Oregon not... Trail. Yeah, I oh, have not it's, it's thought of that game. It's... I have not thought of that game in 20 plus years you know it <laughs> oh yeah oh I yeah i used to play that the heck out of it i actually had it on our commodore 64 yes it was we had a 64 yes yeah. yes and i wow. used to play that so much it was it was like i don't know it, it really that stri- the strategy board game like i a yeah. lot of what i love about strategy board games these days actually has roots in that in that game this this is one of my top five favorite video games of all time but you have to play with other people that play with the computer is not a lot of, not no. that great um no. but but if i was really to start going to uh, if you want to consider this indie i'd say yes um then i started thinking nes this was the one i could think of on the wii i was going to pull out strong bag well yeah telltale that's game. telltale oh, that was yeah, telltale yeah that's, that's how that's, i learned about telltale Yes. So that was my did, first experience. Did you say Strong Bad? Yeah. yeah. Strong Bad's game was well, Strong Bad's game for cool for, people. Right? For awesome people. Yeah. Strong Bad's cool it. game for attractive people. Strong Bad. That's the first time I heard about Strong Bad. Was from that game series, and the first time I heard about Trog was from Guitar Hero Two. And I'm like, I, I, I feel like I should have known them before. And a side note: There's a Trog Door reference in Valhalla if you find it. Ooh, in Valhalla? Yeah. There is a Trog. I my buddy found it and took a screenshot. The Burninator? Yes, Trogdor the Burninator. There's a reference. <laughs> yeah. There's a book that you find, and they mention this big, strong, muscular, armed dragon that burninates things. So. Yeah, I just price charted Mule, and it's only twenty bucks loose. I think I'm. I, I think you've sold me on it. Can we convince uh, Dan to make like the got, next uh, retro logic game or something? <laughs> You gotta have one of these bad boys. What is that? That's the, the four uh, player, the four the player tap. tap. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. They're gonna like five games work with that. To be honest. Yeah. Talk about accessory, right? There well, you, you guys, there's actually. I had the NES satellite that did That's four the other player. One. Yeah. Yep. That's the one that used the wireless one. There is a mm-hmm. Mule Returns out on Steam. And it's wow. got good, it's got high ratings. <laughs> Yeah, I might have to get a Steam account now. <laughs> get a Steam account? Get a Steam account. Yeah, it's fun. I anything on computer. I, then... I, I, I became my own worst enemy. I started to do that. I hate... I don't know why I got this game. <laughs> That's as is. There's a Mule board game. No way. Wow. Yeah, I see it on uh, there, Amazon there. There is a Trogdor, burn, Trogdor burn board game, too. Oh, and Mule is on COG if you have a COG account. Oh, or, I do have Excuse a me, GOG. GOG account, yeah. yeah. That I gotta make too. Um, so there's some options. About, uh, so Telltale's uh, out, Mule's out. So that leaves me with, I don't, I really didn't have any indies on my Wii U. So that puts me to the Switch. One of the first games I got on it when I got my Switch, because Switch came out in March. I didn't get mine until September. Would be Steam World Dig Two. Okay. So. And since we, I'll, that, I'll so bring that, this up since you said it's really only fun in multiplayer. That Mule Returns on Steam does support uh, remote play together, 
if you've ever used that. Um, so th that allows you to stream the game to other people who don't even own it and play with them. Have you used much, that Darkest mode? Dude, man, I think we got. Yeah, Matt, I'm in. Coming up. Let's go. I am in. <laughs> Still play it right now. Not Get the game because I'm thinking maybe next weekend. Yeah, let's do it. When I stream Sunday night, let's let's do it. There you go. Have you used the uh, remote play together Dark Souls mode? Because I think it's kind of a neat feature. Like it's great. Yeah, I, I haven't messed with it I've too much. I've used it mostly really for civilization. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it. It works with Gungeon. I just haven't had anybody that wants to play Gungeon with me. It also uh, works for the Rivals of Ether. Going back to that game, I'm talking about the game. A lot. They've been adding more Sorry. support because it it is something that's client side for the most part. So generally, if a game has multiplayer. There's probably a way to make it work. It kind of like it kind of makes it. But I mean, it, it's it's really interesting for those games like Enter the Gungeon because Enter the Gungeon doesn't have online multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that let, that lets you play online. It's just it's it's layering an online infrastructure over to use the local multiplayer over a connection. Is now with like, something like Gungeon, it might be a little tougher. I was gonna say that can't, you're gonna have that, latency yeah, issues. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like, is it like huge lag? Because that that's of, gotta suck. Something like Civ, it doesn't matter. There has to be some kind of like game. lag or something like that. I don't know. And that's why I I've done turn-based games over it, but my like, experience with that um, is that I think I, Divinity supports it as well. So Divinity so, um, is turn-based pretty much. I think so. I have the, yeah. I think I have like the perfect answer for your question. What the the first game you consider indie? Can I answer it? Go yep. for it, go. I mean, like, okay, to be fair, um, I don't think I really consider a game indie. Oh, don't um, preface. Don't preface I... or what? what oh, I'm saying the wrong word. Don't. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> why? Why, why am I taking so shy? I'm sorry. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I, mean, I think it's going to be Shovel Knight is, is my answer. I think that's the game I, when I got from my Wii U, that was the one that really coined the best indie game ever. Before okay. them, I don't think I really call the game indie. Sorry for hyping it up, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tim secretly hates it me or something. I don't know. No, I do not. No, it's uh, what what year did that come out? Uh, oh, 2014. 2014. I remember specifically. Yeah, because I think I went to Christian that same year. Yeah, 2014. Micah, is that your answer as well? Uh, yes. I actually just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if it was 2014 or 2015. Nobody has brought up what might be the original indie game because it's the original roguelike, which is Rogue, which <laughs> came out in 1980. Oh, wow. But you bring up this... Every time you guys talk about like these like, old retro games, I'm like, it comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, a bunch of video game studios didn't have that much people in them. Like, So does, does, that, make, does that mean every video game studio was an indie company? Because back in the day... Well, and that's why there was... There was pretty much no difference. I mean, it was, you know, even if you were Nintendo, you had, you know, a couple yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, calling. that's you had triple A. Iwata and Sakurai and one other guy making Smash Bros. So really, the indie, scene, the indie scene is the base, and the triple A studios have come from the indie scene. And then there was not been a title for, hey, we're a bunch of guys that got together in the garage to make a game. In uh, back in the day, game game budgets and the and the whole game industry just wasn't as big. So I mean, it, there was not as if there was something below what say Nintendo was doing in the eight bit era for the NES. 
it wasn't that far below them because at some point it's it's not even you know i guess i guess you're you would be talking about people who making a game isn't even their full-time job well if you think about what what nintendo did too is like you said it's not that far because they went to the peak guys who were working in the warehouse putting together the donkey kong machines or the next machine after that and saying hey do you know how to make a game these other guys are tied up and then that's when they found Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah. So. Yeah. And nowadays, there's just a bigger there's a bigger difference between what a AAA game is and what the rest, which somebody's gonna call indie if it's yeah. if it's not agreed upon that it's a AAA game. But I think a lot of it's dependent on delivery system too, right? Like, like that has changed over time. Whether it was. Um, like I said, flash gaming, or once we had the ability to connect our consoles to the internet, then you didn't have to think about physical production and publishing as much. And so an indie game uh, creator could get their ha- their game into other people's hands. Um, I think you look at the N64, the GameCube era, and there's not a whole lot of space for an indie developer in the console space because there was no way to have that. It was It was cost prohibitive to to put anything out without some big budget behind you i mean i don't know i don't know a ton about middleware but i know a lot of indies have been able to thrive because of the middleware and and those those companies who are creating the software that makes it easier to speak to hardware so i mean i think that's part of the reason we're seeing indies now compared to uh in the 90s but the other part of it is what you guys have already said i think in my opinion, um, all industry starts as an indie, right? At some point, yeah. whatever industry, whenever it begins, it's an indie. I mean, even if you take the sect of, of video games being VR, if you've ever read, I can't think of the guy's name who wrote the who wrote the book about Oculus, but um, Oculus was like the first real foray into into consumer VR, and that started. He was in the trailer behind his parents' house, you know, um, and yep. so. Yeah, I just think everything starts at an indie. Yeah, and I mean, you can that it becomes the AAA darling, basically. Yeah. yeah, you could get into, like, Rare was kind of an indie initially, right? Like, in the RC Pro-Am days, potentially, they were an indie. Um, I, th- I keep going back, if you're talking about, like, budget, I look at WayForward. I feel like WayForward was one of those companies that I recognized at some point, kind of like when I found an indie record label, where I was like, oh, I like all the music on this label, I recognized the A Boy Is Blob and Shantae, and I was like, oh, these guys just put out quality stuff, but they're also making an Adventure Time game, right? They're making the Mummy game or something like that. Um, So they're paying the bills with these license deals and making decent games out of them, and then they're also building Mighty Switch Force or something like that. Um, I think, uh, like, it it makes me always now when I find... uh, team cherry or or night school or whatever it is like i find myself adhering to these indie studios now like i did an indie record label and putting my trust in what they're going to deliver to me next to me really the most definitive thing about indie games um versus triple a games is the price point um, it seems like if you're going to charge the $60, or I guess it's $70 now for your PS5 and stuff, um, then you're a AAA game. 
if you are charging anything other than that, <laughs> or lower than that, I should say, then you're an indie game. Which, I mean, it is interesting to think, because, like, the Wii U, Nintendo was experimenting with some of those games like Captain Toad and uh, Kirby Canvas Curse, or Rainbow Curse, the follow-up mm -hmm. to Canvas Curse, which they launched at, at a $40 price point. And I kind of wish we'd see more of those. I, I like Nintendo doing those pseudo indie titles because it, it lets them um and that's really the the main characteristic of indies to me is that they they tend to be more experimental um and i think that's why you see um bigger studios stepping in to publish them because they can say hey you don't need a huge budget so we can take a risk on you because we're not going to throw you know the billions it takes for us to make a, a new Zelda game or a new, you know, whatever in the latest series, you know, that's a huge budget and we can't afford to have that fail by, by risking it on a, on a crazy new idea. But these small projects, yeah, because we know that sometimes they wind up wildly successful and we would love to be the person who funded, you know, the next Undertale. Yeah, I think Ubisoft does that actually pretty well. Like Child of Light and um, uh, Little Nightmares come to mind as like they've had that lower price point indie style. I don't, I'm not familiar with how they were developed actually, but um, they they seem to have that tiered thing as well. Well, Square Enix has gotten involved with their Square. Um, I forget what they call it, but the Square um, backing of some indie developers as well where they'll find a game and, and and publish them for them or back them and give them the money to to, to publish it so is it is, is it safe is it safe to say though for everybody on here that like the switch era the past few years have just been like some of my favorite games on this console and of this era are indie games like yeah. hollow knight and Firewatch, sure. Limbo, like some of this stuff is just some of my favorite experiences ever. It's crazy. It's wild that it's gotten to a point where uh, an indie world showcase is almost as exciting as yeah. a, as a proper Nintendo Direct. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I get the same amount of time in uh, Enter the Gungeon as I have Breath of the Wild. So, and I got Enter the Gungeon for I think like eight or maybe twelve dollars or something. It's just crazy. I have 225 hours in the Stardew Valley and only 140 in the Bre or 200 in the Breath of the Wild. I had to add my Wii U time on that one. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love Bug Fables. That's a fun game. I, it's one of my favorite games on yeah. Switch. And I mean, that was one of the games I mentioned when you guys were asking for our favorite indie games. It was my. That's one of my favorites, even though I haven't really beat it yet. Oh, favorite. I'm ashamed. Yeah. Well, so what is? Does everybody have a favorite indie game on the Switch? I would. I would wonder. Well, that's my answer, but if Buck Fables... It's going to be I mean, yet, but... when it comes. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Actually, my answer. I, I, I can't decide, because it's either that or One Step to Eden, because most of these yes. recent Bounder Gord, which I love. I love the Bounder Gord series. And so I must I play it for fun. Oh, my well, it, and that's interesting, too, because there seem to be a couple different facets of, like, what indie games are generally like, and that's one we're seeing more of, is these indie studios kind of filling a void where they're like, Hey, you know, there's this series that isn't getting made anymore. And 
if if Nintendo is not going to do it, then I guess we'll we'll do it. I mean, I we gonna, got War Groove, we got Bug Fables, we got Fast Racing RMX. I was going to say that I'm, I just realized that yeah, like that's a good. And, thing and they're often game. made, but and they do incredibly well because they're made by fans who understand what made those games good. I was to say like I, I love like just when I play a new game, I like try to figure out what they get inspired by because it's like it was a new game by Cast of the Wildmass. I was basically just Donkey Kong Country. It's kind of nice to see what what games inspired them to basically make this game. I mean, sure, yeah. Breath of the Whole, um, this game is just a copy of this game, but this game is just a budget version of this game thing. But we're gonna we go there and stuff like that. It's they like revive game. it almost in a, and with they they almost revive um, an old way, uh, especially with the cause of the mask. It's very very much a Donkey Kong Country love letter. But what was the the other one you guys? You mentioned Bug Fables. Bug Fables is like just bringing back original Paper Mario, and then making it better. Yeah, like, that I, I'm all for. Yeah. It. And the, and the really good ones often, you know, they're not entirely derivative. Like Bug Fables is is quite, you know, it's quite different from playing Paper Paper Mario because you've got a three character party, and that changes a lot of the dynamic. And you've got a challenge mode, which is something that Paper Mario never had. Um, so it, it is interesting how they, you know, they're not content to just retread. Um, and I, there probably are those that do, and I, you just don't hear about them because they don't take off the way these other ones do. So, Mole, what's uh, your answer? Like, what's what's your number one indie uh, game on the Switch? Ooh, I think Mecha Dragon stole like both of mine. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I can't pick Bug Fables because I played it on Steam first. And that, that has consistently been a problem for me, is that uh, digital distribution, and especially Steam, because it's easy to get stuff listed on Steam, a lot of indie games come to Steam first. And I often can't wait if one really has my attention. Um, but yeah, because you jumped on Bug Fables as soon as, um, we, as, soon as you heard of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was sorry, talking about Bug sorry. Fables before it was cool. Yeah. I'm so sorry uh, for taking your Before answer. it came to Switch. <laughs> I just love how cute the game is. No, I mean, it's great because, I, yeah, I think and it's also, an awesome you're game right. Too. There's so much indie games on Steam. Like, that Skull game is already on Steam for some reason. So I'm going to you off. And Enter the Gungeon is also great. That's another one I played on Steam, though. So um, you guys, you one Step from Eden, that one came out the same day steam and uh switch and i bought it i wish switch. that happened more <laughs> that would yeah, be so nice you guys you guys I, even I, mentioned exit the gungeon is that any better or is it oh yeah thing? it was mentioned yeah stick with enter the gungeon <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay then. what about um, vin vin did you do you have one uh yeah i've got a i got a couple i mean you guys have already thrown out some great picks i mean uh Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people. Um, World of Goo. Um, oh yeah, World of see. Goo. Mm -hmm. um, a couple months ago, I bought Dead Cells when uh, the DLC package and everything was all uh, on sale. Uh, that's it, indie, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't really picked it up lately, um, mainly because I'm not that big of a platformer um, player myself. It's like, okay, you start out this as this long mucus, who uh, you get into a body, go, oh, and then you die, 
and then you blow mucus into a body, and then go, and then you die. Um, seemed to seemed to get a little bit redemptive to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll get back to it. Um, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll play some more of it. But uh, but there's one I just remember. There's this one developer who I really want to show some more love to. And that is Buttersho- Butterscotch Shenanigans. They are oh. the guys oh, who made... Oh, I guess made... Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, Love and uh, Crashlands. <clears throat> now, I was... Like, before the Switch was, you know, a, a thing, I was basically playing you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and made it on my phone, you know, sort of like photo... Switch and uh, Crashlands, one of those games that I came across back then. Um, I played through the whole thing, um, start to finish. Enjoyed it. Um, I really like the aspect of uh, you know crafting, armor building, weapon building, uh, taming animals, going to different locations on this you now weird. Weird, you know, planet that Flux Gabe's finds herself on, um, and I really, I really want to, you know, get it because it's on Switch with a whole new co-op mode and all of that, and, and would like to get back into that sometime. You said that was Crashlands. Def- yes, yes, and I would definitely encourage anyone who hasn't hasn't heard of it or you know hasn't hasn't tried it, definitely give that one a go. They actually have a podcast, the people for Butter Shenanigans, um, they they got like oh. a game developer podcast that I sometimes but it's funny you mentioned them because I remember seeing like in the indie showcase, this one game that was like, um, Mario Maker but this was before Mario Maker 2 was even announced, I'm like, I was like so wasn't there like a game they announced in the past direct that was just like, you could make your own levels? I want that, and then I saw they revealed the name of the game and everything again in another direct. I'm like, hey, that's the game. It, it, Hema has a fun game. I love how hilarious it could get sometimes and how, like, you can make your own levels or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's also a good game. It's on Game Pass if anyone has that service and they're yeah. a big cheater like um, Sean. I think it's Sean. I can never remember. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some good irreverent humor in, uh, in Butterscotch's uh, titles. Which I Crashland. I do use I enjoy. They have a bundle for Buffalo games on Steam. Maybe I'll do that. You know, depending my Switch. Part. I was just looking at my Switch and I forgot Bloodstained Curse of the Moon and Blaster Master earlier. Mm. And both of those are awesome. That is a game on my bucket Most of the stuff Into Creates does is awesome. Yeah. They just they they pretty much capture. I mean, they pretty much are the old Capcom. Um, I think it was formed by former Capcom devs from their action platformer Super Nintendo days. So okay, see, just they know how to make that style of game. And they, they just keep doing it. If Indie Creates is considered indie developer, does that make the zero games say indie games? Because all those are being made by Indie Creates. So like I don't know. Does that, is they, that... they were, but Capcom was still involved with those. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the same old problem. It's you know, where's that divided line? 
how indie do you have to be to be indie? I think just Jesse like, kind of made a good point yeah, in the podcast to say if your game is being backed up by a popular or millionaire company, then it's not indie anymore. So like I guess that's the sequel indie? to Ori, not an indie game. But if you're paying this yourself via Kickstarter or like my pocket, then that's what makes it indie or something. Well, but indie be getting published by E or someone because you may still have your you may have made it and you may get a little bit of backing. But they're gonna publish it. You're you're not getting five million dollars. You might. It's you know. Yeah. And Inti creates also publishes some of those things too, right? Like anything that was Mega Man was published by Capcom or, or whomever. I mean, it's interesting because they were, you know, one that was getting tapped to finish development for those Kickstarter projects from, you know, from Ega and from Inafune. Yeah. yeah. So. And now they've made Blaster Master playable. I, I love, I love that NES game, but like couldn't ever get anywhere in it. And now it's just fantastic. Like Blaster Master and two. I'm looking forward to three. Like it's, it's awesome. They, they announced a third one. Yeah, third yeah, one's later, later, later this year. Yeah, later yeah, this year. I gotta beat yeah. them. Get the <laughs> Thank you for. Yeah. I love how like they kind of made its own series. I think the first was basically a remake of the NES one, but then the second one is like its own thing. It's funny because there is a Blaster Master 2 for the Game Boy, but it has nothing to do with Blaster Master, Master 0 2, 2 right? Was on the Sega Genesis first. Yeah, and I think there was a Game Boy game too, or a, or a Game Gear. Either it was, there, it was a portable one. It was on Genesis too. That was only on. Yeah, there was, yeah. I mean, the story was always bonkers there too. Yeah. Like it's uh, whatever. Uh, I think Andros, you were saying something though, right? Yeah, I was actually gonna say I think i need to bail it is pretty late for me here so i wanted to answer liam's question on like favorite uh indie titles on the switch i look through my library and i can't i can't narrow it down to just one guys so i'm, I'm gonna give three that i, I gotta recommend <laughs> um, i wonder if they're gonna be the same three because mo all three of these games are games i played countless hours with micah on <laughs> I don't know if this really counts, but Divinity 2, I really, really liked that game. Divinity 2. Which is, I've heard a lot of good um, ones about that. It was kickstarted. I don't know if that makes it indie or not, but it's it like, also It also those. launched it below AAA price, at least on PC. Yeah, it's $50, so not much below AAA price. That is, that is yeah. well, I think the I think the first game launched at like 40 or 45 I have almost 300 hours in that I game. I remember so appreciating just, it. Just throwing that out there. I, I, I don't think that's one that's for everybody, but if you like that like old-school computer uh, RTS-type game, um, it's it's very good. There's just like then, so many valid strategies in battle. Yes. And they quickly became a big deal because they're making Baldur's Gate 3 now, which is something that uh, Obsidian and Bioware were turned down to do. Yeah, they made a better. They made a. They basically made a perfected whatever what Obsidian and Bioware done previously with Divinity. Um, and then this is completely not similar at all. Uh, Human Fall Flat. It's very popular on. It's it's always up in the top seller list. Uh, if you haven't picked that one up, definitely worth the pickup. It goes on sale all the time. Great game, awesome online multiplayer, and also local. Um, and then lastly, this was like, so we got, Mike and I got Divinity 
two and one day nine. And it's pretty funny to watch my hours in Divinity climb while his hours in Risk game climb. But while we both played multiplayer together and boosted both of those times, quickly getting into like 100, 200 hour territory <laughs> on, on both of those games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, those games are like triple A quality in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I just I just can't recommend those enough. The only one I'm like Divinity, I think you have to be a type of gamer or like you have to like that type of game. Human Fall Flat, I'll recommend to anyone. Risk of Rain Two, I'll also recommend to anyone. Those are both great. Mike, Micah, were those yeah. yours? Uh, mine actually differed a little. Bit. Really considering Divinity Two an indie, I guess. But if I was, that would definitely be on my list. Uh, I also had Risk of Rank 2, though. Uh, besides that, I had uh, oh, Enter the Gungeon. Sunk a lot of time into that. One that no one has mentioned yet, Celeste. Oh my god, yeah. Love Celeste. I, oh, I, I, I didn't play that last week, so it was with me. Yeah. So good. I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's so good. Has anyone uh, gotten the Moonberry? I kind of want to go... Is that the... Was the Moonberry? There's like on the the farewell level, like Is once you the... get to the end, you can actually go back to the left a little bit and like continue the level. Is oh, that no. the is that the DLC? He said that like I heard like there's like extra story with the DLC, but I heard they had to get like four crystals and those things are hard to find. Like I'm good. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, want to go back to that. That was you my. Get, like, that was my. You have to get thirteen crystal hearts. Or something like that to unlock. Yeah, it is, I can't even find one. It is so stupid hard. It's yeah. like the crowning achievement of my life. <laughs> Just kind of that. But... Uh, so I saw like um, the Capricious make a video about that. I was like, go torture yourself with this game. I... Do you now know how hard this game is? Like, yeah, one of the secrets the like, end of that one. is to get to. Uh, yeah, mean, I, I just. Right. I hope my I hope my muscle memory comes back for that. Like I keep meaning to go back to it, but I'm afraid that it's not like hopping on a bike again. And I have that fear with Hollow Knight too. Like I'm so excited for Silk Song, but I got really, really, really good at Hollow Knight, and then I just haven't played it. And I'm afraid that when I pick up Silk Song, it's just I'm gonna have to relearn and get good all over again. Can I just say something? About, can I just say something about Silk Song? I feel like that's like the indie's version of like there's the next Smash character for like indie directs. Because apparently, <laughs> from what I heard, the chat was like crowded with people saying, "Where's Song versus Song. That is like, it's basically. I feel like now, for now on, they can't make an indie direct with uh, someone being like, "We're still song" or something it's like that. It's the I'm Metroid like... Prime Four of indies. Yeah, yeah. We and announced it with a title, and we're never gonna talk about it again. <laughs> At least it Metroid had that one we have cover. Over, so. It had that one cover in Game of Form, but yeah, I don't think they said. I think because Team Cherry's just like, guys, we're just we're working on it. It's, it I can't wait. They have. The pandemic, guys. You gotta remember the pandemic screwed up everything, and we're set back for the smaller team probably another year. So, well, I can't wait till Team Cherry comes up in a room and they're like, We're sorry to announce that we've had to restart development. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that? Don't do that. You know what game you haven't heard in like a long time again? I don't know if everybody has remembered this sports story. You guys have heard of that game? Yeah, yeah, I can't I'm, like, oh, I'm like, where is it? That they just ended, deleted, and then we never heard from it again. And that's another game that's on my backlog, Golf Store. I have the game on my Switch, but I haven't played that, it. 
We were what? talking about our favorite games on the Switch. Like, I gave you my top two. or with Stardew Valley and, um... Jeez, my mind is blanking People now. say that it's, it's like a good game even for people who don't like golf games. And... No, golf, golf Story is a blast. Golf yeah. Story is amazing. But one game on here that I, I'll, I'll give it as an honorable, honorable mention, I mean, considering the fact it was made by Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick, would be Thimbleweed Park. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. You don't know who those are. Those Dude, are Matt, you just like stole mine. I think that was... Let's chat and talk. Let's chat and talk. Switch game. Point go, I, I, I really do have to go, so I'm, I'm going right. to bail out of the call. Thank Later, Andros. For yeah, uh, yeah. drop in. I see ya. Bye. All right, Shannon, what well, about yeah. that Thimbleweed? Dude, I was just... That was... I was just waiting for an opportunity to talk about it. I heard so is... scratching into it, and I'm like, got pulled, pulled away, but... That's yeah, high that up is, on my backlog. I'm sorry. I definitely that is indie. It is. I am not. I actually did not get around to finishing it completely, either. But I'm I'm pretty far along in it. I just need to get get back to it. But it is it the very first game in that realm of you know in that point and click that I ever sunk a whole bunch of time when was Maniac Mansion. Well, and that's, so I mean, this, was the, this is. This is the game just, yup, and it is just, it's so well written, it's so, and I know that there are a lot of point and clicks now on the Switch, and there's some really good ones, and there's some okay ones, but I still think that Thimbleweed Park is like, top of those. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it it really is like the writing is just top it notch. Running it's scarier just... too. That I mean, they're right. They're yeah, exactly. On top of their game, yeah. back with me yep. and all that stuff. Yep. And so that's that's um, the other one that um, that nobody's kind of mentioned um, that I also really enjoyed was Blossom Tales. And that's like it's yeah, very very much. It's it's very much linked to the past. Like it it's it's not even they're not even trying to hide it you know they make fun of it yeah, in the, the, in the game game. you know but it it feels so good to play and and for me when i mean link to the past is my all-time favorite game um and i don't ever think anything will ever pass that and and so this just felt so fun and so good to play um better than cadence of hyrule which i really want to like but I, I'm awful at it. I mean, so... you can't really compare Kid Hyrule to Blastic. They're two different games. One is like no, I know, over the but base I just, and, because, yeah. but Zelda. but because Cadence of Hyrule has the the Zelda uh, in it, you know, and so I want to really, really love the game, and I think that it's well made. I just am so bad at it that I just get so frustrated that I I can't do it. Um, I, mean, I love how like there's an option to turn off the rhythm, but I'm like that defeats the purpose of the game. Yeah, right. Well, it's for uh, people like never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it is for right. people like me, and maybe I should just do that <laughs> just right. to get through the game. Yeah. But but uh, but the music is so good. Yeah. I mean, it it really is well done. I just I think, just not good at it. I think Fami Jules made the music for that game, if I remember, because he said it on Twitter or something. Uh, I would say, like, pl- going back to Thimbleweed Park, like, Day of the Tentacle, 
one of my favorite yeah. games I've, of all time, and I feels that. oh, dude, oh, it's I on. They they remastered just, it on Steam, and it's, it's on Game it's, Pass right now. It's on Game Pass right now. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. With that all game, the, with all those old point and clicks, uh, yeah. full throttle. Yeah. Yeah, the dig. Yeah, the Lucas Arts like Monkey Island era Monkey is so Island, great. Yep. Yeah, but like Thimbleweed really carries that torch. That that Day of the Tentacle, like it just it hit so well on something that I remember from 15 years ago that I fell in mm-hmm. love with. Yeah, um, Johnny, what about you? What you got? Yeah, man. Uh, so one recently for sure is Hades. I've sunk so much time into that. Oh yeah, Hades. Yeah, yeah. can't forget that. <laughs> I finally um, got that game because I'm like, why is this game like everyone's talking like it's like the best spec? Oh, it's thing. amazing. It's, like, it's so good. It's fun. But uh, on just, the other end of like, the spectrum, the it's uh, not like God tier, but still. Yeah. Um, when I first got the Switch, one of the, one of the first games I picked up was uh, The Messenger. I sunk a ton of time into that. Hundred oh, yeah, percent of that bad boy. Yeah, so that was awesome. Did you know that that the change was going to happen? Like, had that been spoiled for you when no. you played it? Yeah. I knew something was happening, but I wasn't sure what was. And um, I mean, that music in that game is amazing. It's so uh, good. Change over and how it, it goes back and forth is yeah, just so It's good. I remember playing the messenger and not. I didn't know that it was going to shift and do that that super nes pivot and like open up the game entirely oh, and i was like why incredible. does everybody like this game so much like it's a good game but it's not a great game it's and game. then that moment happens and you're like oh wow yeah. okay you're, yeah, Hold you're, on. it's yeah. got the teeth in you there that yeah because the, the music and the writing is really fun but that is just puts it to a next level i think um but i had a ton of fun with gato robato I don't Anybody even know that, that game. No. It's like Gotho Cat or something? The nice little Metroidvania. Yeah, a little Metroid. Like three, four hours. It, it, I think it just came off Game Pass. It did, I think. I was <laughs> like, I should probably play this game before I leave. Next time it comes back around. And I think it's not cheap, too. I, I would definitely recommend that one. It's a, you know, you can play finish it in a couple nights. It's it's really fun. Same box on Steam. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. Did Nick go? I, he's like hanging in the, the wings here a little, I know. Nick, are you Maybe there? Not. Maybe not. He fell asleep. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> no, sorry. He, he like, had a long day. Um, so to be fair, I I'm one of the guys that really like I didn't get into the indie scene until oh I got into it a little bit with in with the Wii with World of Goo, but really it wasn't until the Switch until I got into the indie scene and. The first one I probably really, really fell in love with probably was Celeste, to be honest. Like, that was the first one where I was, like, super sold. Um, But, yeah, I was one of those guys that was kind of like, well, I'm just going to stick with Nintendo and and the publishers that, the main publishers that I know. So, um, the Switch really kind of brought the indie scene to light for me. And um, so, yeah, Celeste probably would be my answer. Cool. So I'm I'm kind of curious. I think everybody's had a chance to go hopefully, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of curious if there is any if there's an indie game out there that you are just dying to get onto the Switch. So I'm I'm thinking like so there's there's a game and it's actually on Wii U. So it's not like it's that you know far off or anything, but 
that, and I'm trying to remember the the name of it, but I remember putting in quite a bit of time into it and really enjoying it. And that was, I think it was called the cave. And, and I can't, I, that... I can't even really describe it. It's like, yeah, I, no, I, I remember. Know, like, I, rem- I remember that game. I feel like it had you had to like split up. Like you chose two yep. characters, and you had to split up. Yeah, but there was something kind of janky about it too, right? Like you needed to kind of. It was a lot of trial and error. But right. I'm looking. It was someone. It was. I think that was also the same people yes. that we were just talking about who did the yes. uh, yes. Maniac Mansion and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, and so it's so it's got it's got a, a story in it, and I I stuck with it until I beat it and it was it was it was a lot of fun and I, it's something I'd like to revisit because it's been so long since I've since I did and, and yes I could just fire up the Wii U right and, and do it but just something about having it on Switch and on the go and stuff like that so but what about everybody else like what is like what is it. that that one that you just really wish was on uh, on Switch can I go next? Because I'm looked at my Steam account. I have the perfect answer. Um, there's this game called um, Spark the Electric Jester, which is just on Steam right now. Um, it's supposed to be like one of those like Sonic Expire games, and it's like the perfect game to be on the Switch because it's like, it's like you know, it's just like any other fun Sonic game. It's fast and it's like, you know, like hyperactive and something like that. There's two of them. There's one that's like basically a Sonic game, and there's a second one that's basically like uh, it's a game inspired by Sonic Adventure and I don't know why this guy doesn't put those on, on Switch. They're, they're like, they fit them perfectly. Uh, and I don't know, it just came to my mind, and I'll be say it really quick. Um, this is like really old NES game. That's I guess you could consider indie because it was originally made for the NES called Battle Kid. You guys ever heard of it? No. Well, it was like a, it was like a, some guy made like a game that was like made specifically just for the NES uh, back in 2014 called Battle Kid. And it's supposed to be like a very difficult like platformer and but the thing is it's only available as a repro on NES cartridge so like I really hope this guy puts some, some kind of like digital service like Switch or even Steam or something like that um, can we send links to the chat room um, Tim if that's okay yeah you can put it in yeah I mean, just put it in the regular uh, dinner table channel. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do right now. So I can show because extra example. It's like, it's like one of those um, you know, like a lot of people are making like NES games in in, in recent years, kind of like that. Yeah. But it's supposed to be super difficult. It's it's it, this needs to be like in other consoles and just just NES. Yeah, that's those are my answers. Nice. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think mine is technically an indie, especially not anymore. Um, but I really want Life is Strange on on the Switch so bad. Like I've never played any of those games, and I know that now that series is just so mega. And like I think Tencent bought part of the studio now, and Square Enix is involved. But I'm just thinking back to when I heard about the game like five years ago, and I was like, this seems so up my alley. But I'm just, I'm not gonna play. I have a garbage PC. I'm not and be able to play it properly um, and I would love to have that series come over to the Switch I was going to get that game on Steam but then I heard they're going to remaster the first one so I'm like I'm just going to wait to the remaster especially because like, I think John won't stop talking about that game like every Daz of the Dark is like so I was playing Life Strange today I'm like is that all you play? <laughs> he's like, done now on, 
He's Hot done. take. What? I didn't like Life is Strange. I played the first chapter and I'm like, eh. Do you like Telltale games though? Like that kind of game format where it's it's like branching paths and very narrative heavy and very little I, in the I gameplay. Mean, I two Batman Telltale games. Okay. All right. But it, like Life is Strange and then in uh, Night in the Woods, I was just kind of like. Oh, uh, night! See, night in the woods. Oh, like that, woods. That, I play that's that. my game. Night I in the thought, woods. I've got a patch like, on the back of my I coat. Like the story, yeah. and they, the, as soon as that story got good to me, and it was like it's done. Like right when, uh, I right when everything it came to the climax, and they go into the place, and yeah, the stuff happens with May, where there's the group. Yeah, of people, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. This is getting good. It's over. I was like, the pace See, of that game. That, is, the pace yeah. of that game is so off. It's 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 terrible. The I guess so. I guess so. See, for me, it feels like a great indie film. It feels like because you don't you don't have you don't have that like set. But you don't always have the same pacing as you get in a normal game or a normal film. Like they had a different vision where the point isn't like the actual climax of the story, but it's like to immerse yourself in what she's experiencing. But the problem is, is that's the only game I've played. Every time I played it, I fell asleep. Oh man! <laughs> you just that make it six to each their own. I, I had that with Oxen Free too, where Oxen Free, like, I love Oxen Free. Yeah. I in that, and I was, it was so creepy. And when yeah. They, and when they announced, you know, same. The second one, I was like, oh. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I cannot wait to go back to the island. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go replay the first one. Yeah. What is Who Oxen else? Free? So like a, uh. uh Point and click game or something? It's a puzzle. It, it's a it's puzzle, puzzle game. Box. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a 2D puzzle walking game. Yeah. It's only like 10 bucks on Switch now. I bought it when it was like five bucks. The loading. But it's, it's like it. It's atmospheric. It's immersive. It's kind of there's a lot of weird things going on. You don't get a whole lot of clarity throughout it, but the experience is just gorgeous. You're going through stuff. You'll walk to somewhere, and then all of a sudden, it's doing it again. And then... Yeah. But when you see Wait. the second time, it looks like you're watching a VCR where the tracking's off. I was thinking so. about playing Oxen Free. You just said there's not a lot of clarity. Is it going to be one of those things where the story ends and I'm like, "What the hell just happened?" No, you'll know. No, what you'll know. You'll know what happened, but you're also going to be like, "Why did certain or like could I have changed things?" Because there are different endings, and like okay. try if you're if you try to like do that thing, I, I definitely do it. Where like when you get really into something, then you just want to know more about the universe. Um, that, that's not there. You know, it's not like a JJ oh. Abrams thing where yeah. there's like a website and another thing referenced here. Like it's just it's just in this game. Um, so it'll leave you with some questions about like the bigger goings on, but it, it, there's a lot of resolution. Yeah. Okay. There's your choice. Now there's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else has an answer to to Shannon's question though? I guess uh, yeah, I would like I'll to see go it. ahead. Oh, after you. Go, you can go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I wish uh, Valheim would come to Switch, uh, especially because a few days ago my GPU went kaput in my computer and I can't play it anymore. Except that, like, oh, five frames man. a second. That sucks. Yeah. This is not the time to buy a new one. Oh, I wonder but, why. Uh, Do you lose? Is everything saved, though? Like, you don't lose any of your uh, progress? Yeah, everything's saved. It's just, like, my graphics card is dead, so I, like, can't run anything intensive right so I, I technically can play but it's like five frames a second it's so bad but 
eventually I'll get desperate enough to play it. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be nice if there's some announcement real soon about Valheim coming to Switch. Uh, panic button. I think I already mentioned they'd like to do that. It'd be great. What about you, Vin? Well, um, I, I have, I have mentioned this before, and I will mention it again. Echo Dragon, you know what I'm talking about. You know what's coming. Them's fighting herds. I. I just pointed at me saying that. I, I know. I know. I. I I want that game on the Switch so freaking bad. Like I know it's on Steam. I'm I'm not a Steam player. I like to play my games on my big screen. You know, the way video games were intended to be played back then. But I mean as I mean as a as a nerd gamer, brony, whatever you want to call me. Um, I just, I really want to get into, <laughs> I really, really want to get into that experience because it just looks amazing. The amount of collaboration that, that they did with the uh, game. Yeah. Oh, so it, it, it is a Lauren uh, Faust game, Faust game? Yeah, when fighting, when fighting Magic Gala can, Lauren Faust felt bad and joined a team back in 2012, I think, one of those years. There was a whole story about this game, I'm not sure I won't really want to go into right now. But long story short, the MLP wanted to make a Fighting Magic game. Hess was like, no, cancelled it, and Lauren Faust worked with the team, main six, to basically make the Fighting Hurts. And then, here we are. <laughs> Tim, I'm changing my answer. I want that game on Switch instead. Because <laughs> I completely forgot about the fire. It's funny because it's, it's still in my Steam library. I'm like, I should play this game again. I really love the cow. He's adorable. She, whatever. All characters are adorable. I mean, they kick ass too, but I mean, they're still freaking adorable. They actually promoted that game a lot in uh, MacFest. I think it was two years ago. I can't remember. It was before the pandemic times. Um, they they had like a whole, cause in, in Macfest there's this whole event where like um, it's like it's like a competition with some of the Mac people, some of the guests, but like they like you know how like in Nerd Arcade they have challenges with like um games, they do this do something similar with that, but with indie games, so like Infinite Hers is one of them, Spoon Sonatica was another one, so it's like a it was, it's kind of like now it's like a competition, but it's basically one big promotion for your your indie game, so you know. That's where I play a lot of indie games in MacFest. I guess I should go there whenever like, conventions come back. And whenever COVID can go away and stuff. Yeah. But no, thank you for saying that, uh, Super V10, though. Are you a brony or something? Problem. Are Problem. you a brony or something? Uh, Super yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, long time ago when, uh, when my daughter was very young, he started watching Friendship is Magic, and you know, one thing led to another, and I just got sucked into it. Hey, Cypher so, Gen 5, uh, they announced the five ponies. They're super adorable. Yeah, I've seen a little bit about that, you know? I, mm. I am definitely intrigued. Um, we lost Tim. Don't screw it up. Like, I, I don't want Tim. <laughs> 
Tim yeah. is like, nope. It's like, I'm, I'm out. I don't <laughs> know. Just, we just lost Tim. I'm out of here, you oh, guys. Yeah, you're showing that before. Oh, oh not. Oh, oh, yes. Have that open. Yes. Hey, guys. Yeah. Can you see those? I don't know if you can see those. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta bounce. Beautiful. All right, man. See you, man. Uh, Have a good night, man. Actually, I think I'm probably going to bounce as well. Get something to eat. Night, Micah. All right, Micah. All right, see you, Micah. See you. Hopefully see you next month. Yes. And I got, I had to pick these up because... I really want to talk about the book. My, my oldest, my oldest was, um, into the ponies and stuff too, so, and I picked this, uh, two sets up, one of them for her, one of these jealous. Yeah. I had to get one for myself. Your disposable income. I think I heard they were having a collab, but I don't really care about Magic Dumbums, so I didn't really pay many mind to it, and I kind of regret it. And I probably should have just had it and just put it somewhere in my room to forget about it <laughs> and hope they get us worth something in the future. Um, but yeah, <laughs> actually, fun story, real quick, quick story. They actually, um, I'll make it quick, make it quick. In one of the uh, pony cons, they actually had they had actually an auction of one of the power ponies, which is just like all the ponies as like. Superheroes, and it was signed by Stan Lee, and it was if someone actually bought it. it. Was it was a good um, auction thing? This was before he died, unfortunately. But oh. I could go on about this. I don't think Tim wants me to go down memory lane. <laughs> I'm letting the conversation go where it goes. So wherever it goes, it goes. I'm I'm enjoying hearing all you guys talk about the games you're looking forward to, what games you liked. There's some while you guys were talking, I was writing some things down, trying to go down memory lane myself. Uh, one of the things I was going to mention was uh, some of the indie games that I liked playing on the DS or 3DS uh, was going back to Renegade Kid games. So like Dement Dementium was one of the ones I oh, really yeah. liked, uh, which then transi transitions into a 2E games. So you got the you know Z the Exo Drifter and the um, Mutant Muds and all that kind of stuff you know from a Tui. Um, Aren't they on Switch too? Yeah, they're on Switch too. So they have, but the, none of the Renegades are. None of the Renegade games are. So those are some I wish would come over. Although I really liked when they redid the Moon games because uh, they made them 3D for the 3DS. They brought out Moon Chronicles and it's like a you know a first person shooter for the 3DS. And it was in 3D, which I loved because I I really like the 3D on my on the 3DS. So I, I any games I could that took full advantage of that I tried to play, and they did sure a really good job. To uh, just kind of ended it in the last few years of the 3DS. Well, I still have it, so I'm I, I can go back and enjoy it whenever I want. <laughs> uh, and then the one that I haven't. Other than Hades, I, heard, I haven't heard us talk about too much is the Super Giant games, right? So like Bastion and Transistor, those are uh, some of the um, some other of the indie games. Especially because of Super Giant, they they blew up, right? Or that guy, one guy, essentially, they blew up. Was um, one guy in the studio? That was many people. If I remember correctly, it was one guy who started it. Uh, and then it, because they got bigger and bigger, yeah, hate like Hades. Obviously, they had several people working on different things, but wearing multiple hats. Uh, and then some of the classic games that I, I wrote down, going through the, some of the lists that has made it over to the Switch is like a game called Flashback. I have it in my catalog, but I haven't played it yet but is deemed as one of the uh one of the you know older indie games that's made its way to the switch another world i think it was called 
Yep. Um, yeah, that's in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah, in the same vein, and then the way. So those three games kind of were a lot made their way over the Switch. There were a lot of early indie games. Um, and then you guys mentioned Oxen Free, uh, which it was kind of funny seeing. Like, uh, I wish I was gonna ask Andros and Micah about this, but they they didn't know when <laughs> Nintendo announced it. What that Oxen Free? When they saw Lost Singles, they thought Oxen Free was the name of the company who made <laughs> Lost Singles. Signals. I, so. I was just. Gonna... I'm like, what is this? Nasty yeah, game? It, I don't think it was very well. You know, it was kind of like if you played the game, then you probably knew what it was, but it was kind of lost. And then uh, someone said that they they should have made that the one more thing game. They should have made either like um, it, the house of again. My argument for that it's it's a one more game for somebody for those people who were in the oxen free and they got to see a sequels coming out that's probably they're like ecstatic right that's their one more thing like yes for the switch woo you know whatever so um another one is zoink games like flipping death i played that and beat that game that was really good i liked that one a lot and that, uh, that one's probably closer to my heart too because that was one i got to review with uh bobby pauls the nintendo guru so uh uh but then the most recent one that I played that I really liked. It kind of gave me a God of War feel, but it was uh, Hindu mythology. It was the Raji, an ancient epic that came out in 2020, I think it was. Uh, and I beat that, and I really liked the aesthetics of it, the, the design of it, um, and the gameplay of that game. And uh, there's some slow parts, I'll, I'll you know give you that, in the game. Uh, but I really liked the Hindu... Uh, stuff that it goes over uh and kind of gives that uh mythology and stuff so i thought that was really cool and then one that i was hoping to see at this direct but we didn't get or showcase that we only got a, uh, an announcement last year before the pandemic hit was dangerous driving it's by the same a lot of the same guys who created burnout uh got together and made this game dangerous driving and it's actually out on the playstation but they were they were working on it before the pandemic hit to bring it to the switch oh. and i was really excited about getting that but then of course the pandemic hit and everything really slowed down and i haven't heard anything since so um but is that, that one uh, supposed to be like the old school like burnout games or like more like the open world style no like the old school burnout where oh. you're going through race yeah, on right. a track and you're taking people out or uh i think this is mainly just the the driving portion not necessarily like the in intersection you know type of thing where you bank money trying to do the most damage i don't yeah. think that had that um I'm thankful Burnout City, uh, Burnout Paradise added that later as a DLC, but uh, yeah, I missed that part of the old old school like Burnout One, Two, and Three games, you know. Yeah, so sure. those are awesome. But that's why I was excited about this coming to the Switch. Man, um, can we? Can I at least mention like one more indie game? Um, of course. It, no, because I just remember. No, you guys ever mentioned this indie game? I don't know if it's because it's indie, but Slate Aspire, the one that um, Drew also plays in a lot of. That game is normal. awesome. Have any of you guys played Slate Aspire yet? Yeah, I played it a bunch. Yeah, I, I it hasn't gotten its hooks in me because I I just I'm not a roguelike guy, but I like the card system. The card system, um, is and I, I keep hooked. going back to it. Yeah, thinking of roguelike. Yeah, it on Game Pass. Um, that's a that's another one that I played on Steam first before it was on Switch. No, I, I, 
pick your place to play it. I would suggest if you like card-based games, go check it out. You know. Definitely. Well, and and that's kind of like the question of like what needs to be brought to Switch. I'm like, I'm fully willing to just play it where it's available for the most part. So, to me, it, it, it's more of the stuff that's falling out, the stuff that's just you know, especially because a lot of the times indies are digital only. You know, those old WiiWare games. It's like, how do you even get those now? Yeah. Or PS3. You know, Look at this. Damn. Damn. Not up, that man? I really like, not that I've out. played it or having a typical fondness for it, oh, but I mean, it, PS3 store is closing. So, I mean, if you want oh, Fat Princess, you better get it now. Yeah, I've been, oh I've been trying to collect else. a lot of my Fat games Princess. for my Vita. In, in any other PlayStation console, like it's on the PS4 it's or 5. Because that, that was one of the. Fat Princess anymore. You know, I just find. <laughs> I just find you ironic. Can't, can't Fat Princess one of the. Nope. The only way to get Fat Princess now is to spend $100 on the PlayStation Best of Network disc. That's a thing. $100. But you were, Dan, you were also saying the other day on Discord that, like, even that you're not going to be able to use at some point in the future, right? Well, I, I, does Fat Princess have local play or is it just online play? I thought Fat I Princess know. was a was a mainly a local, like a one player game. I thought it was. No, I, it's like I thought it had local multiplayer, but I could be wrong. I don't know much about it. I just know that's a that's a PlayStation exclusive sort of indie game that was digital only. Yeah, and there's and there's a PlayStation All Star character. So now, if anyone ever gets that game, they're like, "Oh, this Fat Princess is interesting. What game is she in? Oh, you can't play it anymore." <laughs> Uh, Interesting. Same with Captain Falcon. Oh. I was gonna say, uh, quick, quick fun fact about roguelike games. Um, I think this is kind of like I don't know if this is sad to say or not, but I think like my first roguelike game that I played was actually Funhook for the Switch. As sad as it is, because it's kind of a recent game. I think that was like when I when I first realized what a roguelike is, because I was I played it, because like, oh, this game looks fun. Let me try it out. And I kept dying after the second stage. I'm like. Why is this game so it's, hard? It's high up on like, Marty's list. Marty really likes that game. So I'm like, oh, you're supposed to constantly play through the game to get upgrades. That's how this game series works. It's a fun game. It's just like, it just takes patience. And it's like, oh my god. This character's cute. I like the Flickr character and stuff. I don't yeah. know. There's like so many indie games I could talk about right now. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of indie games that we definitely go about. Dan, you got any uh, indie games that you want to throw in here? Your hat in the ring with? Your, 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 uh, are we just yeah. naming off stuff we like? Yeah, just we well we talked about games, our first experiences with indie games if, that we could remember. Uh, so we brought up some, you know, like uh, Liam brought up the shareware thing, you know, for us older gamers type of thing. And then, uh, but what we were trying shareware? to, what's that? Sorry, what's... what is shareware? Is that like when you like copy a disc and give it to somebody? No. Shareware, yeah, shareware was you would, well, there's a couple ways, but either you would get files sent to you, like someone would just give you a disc with some stuff, but usually what it was is you'd get like a, for me at least, a CD that had like 250 games on it, but it was only a portion of it. It was like, it, it you only got like a demo uh, of the game, but it, it was just like countless different types of demos of games or like micro parts that you could then send something in the mail 
and purchase it with a check or money order to get them to send you the proper game on a disc kind of that thing. Sounds super complicated. It's crazy. To, yeah, it's I crazy. I have to give them money just for a demo and then it keeps going back. Well, and forth. yeah, I mean, you buy the demo disc with all this stuff on it, and then you choose the games that you want to send in a mail order to get the the full game of like a disc of the full game. Or the or they had ads. They had ads on those. Like AOL was really big at, at supporting a lot of those shareware discs. So you could get AOL on those discs, but then also had a lot of the games on those same discs. The Good game job. that comes to mind immediately when we're talking about like early indie games is um, World of Goo on the Wii. Everyone mentioned that game. Yeah, great ones. <laughs> It's such it's a good so one. Good. Was, that, was that a launch game was... for the WiiWare system or something? Maybe, know. but it was perfect for the Wii, man. Like, there's yeah. no other way to play that game. It was, like, one of the first, it was one of the first WiiWare games that was an original game. And not... Because uh, you had Virtual Console, which was its own category in the shop. And up to that point, I think WiiWare was pretty much the apps. Like your weather channel. And your mm-hmm. your everybody votes channel and and all those, uh, and I think maybe we got like a couple, couple oddball titles like uh, Doctor Luigi, but that was the first time it was like, oh, this is like a original game because Doctor Luigi of... was just it was just a new version of Doctor Mario. And there was a lot of express uh, things too. They broke down a lot of bigger games into smaller chunks, and they called them express. In the in the uh, like DSI type wear games, mm. game on the Wii that's like I think this is a new game where like um you use the Wii remote to basically control the wind. You so you don't control the character, you just control the wind, and then you just move it around to like make the character jump like that. Is, I think that I remember. remember yeah, I think I remember something about. I can't remember wind. what it's called. I, I never played it, but I remember too, hearing about it. Yeah, it's a, I heard that's also a really good game, which is Lost like, Lost Winds. Yeah, Lost Winds. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of those games. that's like I think it's on iPhones, but like if you don't want to play on mobile, there's no other way to play the game. But then again, it's I don't know how you could play a game where you have to use a touch thing. Maybe you can use your mouse or something. But yeah, it could kind of work on the Switch. I don't know. Do you have any um, other ones, Dan? Um, well, we were talking about roguelikes earlier, and I'm I don't like roguelikes just like in general. But uh, the one that caught me kind of like interested in it was um the game uh rad by oh, yeah, uh, double yeah. fine yeah i don't know double what fine. it was about that game but i played probably 80 hours of rad and got like really far and it's not even like a good roguelike it's like fine like the controls are really slow and it's kind of sluggish until you get more and more power-ups but I think the aesthetic more than anything else really grabbed me. It's super 80s, 90s, like retro, like cyberpunk, vaporwave, crazy. Um, and um, so that one really grabbed me. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, there would just been a lot of like Tim Schafer, Lucas Arts, Double Fine Love on the in the conversation so far. Like a lot of Maniac yeah. Mansion and and uh, Day of the Tentacle, Thimbleweed Park. Yes, Day of the Tentacle and uh, Full Throttle. Yeah. Sam and Max. Are those indie games though. That was all. Well, no, th- no, it came up because of Thimbleweed because because they right. went off into Thimbleweed Park and that was that was when we talked about a bunch. Um. 
super obscure one that I really loved was this game called Feudal Alloy, where it's a Metroidvania, but it's very light, very not easy, but just very simple. Um, and it has like a very simple upgrade system. Just a nice, breezy, fun game with good combat with like a silly art style that um, if you like Metroidvanias, it's just like a really fun romp. Um, you're a robot with a fishbowl for a head. So it, It's a shame the Nintendo say. pals had to leave or we, we, could, we could talk about Fuedal Alloy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this game. This looks great. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, I'm, I'm going to wish this. It always goes on sale too. Pick it up for for a fiver, and it's super good. I think like ten hours you'll beat it, and you'll be super satisfied with it. What's the name of the game again? Sorry, um, Dan. Feudal Alloy. F E U D A L. Alloy. Just put it in the chat room. I can't remember that. All right, I'll just I'll I'll post it in the chat. I have the memory of a goldfish. Apparently, I can't remember what they did today. Yeah. I got yeah, you. but I kind of, I, I, I kind of hate how like all the cool indie games actually are on Steam, because I'm starting to have the dev- the uh, the the dilemma, dilemma. What were I trying to say? Was dilemma. It, like, dilemma. Yes. Where I'm like, should I get the game on Switch or should I get it on Steam? I don't know which one to get it in, because I want to yeah. support the Switch and get it there, but then again, I do have this very cool links in the dinner table. I was gonna ask you guys. Um, also, go go ahead, Dan. Sorry. I have one more indie game. I just started playing. Um, this is not a game. Oh, that. It was. Game. It was announced. It was announced at the latest indie direct, like yesterday or whatever. Um, and it's pretty fun. It's it's hilarious because it's essentially like a really basic point and click adventure where you just have to kind of like solve the screen right but the whole time there's this narrator who's like stop clicking that what are you doing you're messing up my thing and then he like puts a wall in front of you and then you have to like somehow get by the wall and it's really clever and the writing is just fantastic so if you want like if you want to laugh at yourself as you solve puzzles that's a really good one and i think it's only like 12 dollars or something so it's not crazy but i've been looking at that one because i thought that one looked pretty pretty cool yeah the the writing is i mean this the, the the puzzles are super easy but the writing really makes the the whole experience yeah my son wanted the he he bought that with his allowance uh so he wanted that one he said it looked crazy so he yeah. wanted it <laughs> yeah, i i will admit that is like the other half of indie games that i generally ignore uh it's you know because i talked about you know you have the the one side of indie games is like recreating these these retro style games that kind of got abandoned and there there's this whole other one that and it makes sense because when you have a small team you know have somebody who's say really good at writing a story really good at art really good at music and you kind of build the game around that but the gameplay is usually you know it it maybe not bad and the best ones still have good gameplay but you know pretty basic and, and that's just my preference you know i don't i don't like narrative heavy games i don't like you know i'm very much a gameplay first kind of guy um and and i'll admit like the last indie showcase it started with a lot of those and i'm like oh not seeing anything for me yet 
Yeah, I was on my couch freaking out the whole time. I was like, the, like that was the perfect indie direct for me. It was like, every, I love a narrative game. I love Firewatch. I love Night in the Woods. I love Oxenfree. And so I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, I'm just writing every game that I'm going to want to buy down everything. Yeah. It was okay for and... me. I mean, nothing really interested to me except the TMT game. And that was kind of cool. And um, Chris Tales is good. I might get that because I seen that game like on those switch eShop for a long time and it's kind of a cute anime game um 96 looks that was a fun trailer um that's all i remember it was fine it was okay did anybody try the demo for um never yield no, yep. no tim did tim's been tweeting about it yep i got a video the video is out on our youtube channel so i definitely got that out there uh i got to play it in... what Take on it, I hope you all get the dev on on Nintendo Dads because that'd be a super cool. That's interview. the guy from Detroit, right? Yes. Yeah. The one that gets mad if you call your game an NS runner. It's like it's not an NS runner. It is an auto runner. And I and I was like, so it's basically like Temple Run because that's or the new Crash game. They're both auto runners. You run around, but well, I, I assume the difference being an endless that. runner is yeah. basically you just see how hard, how far you can go. It never ends. You just want to see how high your score goes. Or as an auto runner, like there's still like levels to go through. Points, yeah, points of to maybe, stop. Maybe it's like that, a bit trip game then, because like um, Jesse would compare it to like bit trip, which is a fun game. I love bit trip. I think it's also considered indie too, right? right? Bit trip, the bit yes. trip games. Yes. Yeah, that was a fun. I, I, I I'm a little peeved because they put all of them on the Switch. I think I said this to you. They put all of them on the Switch. I'm like, oh cool, they're gonna put the collection on them. But it's like all the separate games. I'm like, I have to buy each of these games separately. This is like the the eShop e doesn't have like a cart, like on the like on the PS4. You could just put them in the cart and then go in one purchase. You have to like buy them separately. And I'm like, I'm too, I'm too lazy for that. Yeah, you don't have a folder to put them in on the home screen either. I know. <laughs> don't get me started on that. So Dan, what were you gonna finish saying about that? Uh, about Never Yield. Oh, I was just gonna say you don't you don't have that soundtrack though on those other games. Oh yeah. I'm sure the guy will put on Bandcamp eventually. That's where all the indie uh, games put their soundtracks. Well, and that, that's kind of like what I'm saying with those is like I, I do appreciate some of that. You know, sometimes it's just not my thing, but Ooh. that's, you know, it, sometimes I wish like, and maybe this happens. Maybe, maybe this happens. Maybe, the, you know, the, the bigger game studios say, hey, you know, you know, I really like the work you did on the soundtrack for this game. Let's let's put let's make a a bigger game with that, you know, because yeah. it, it always seems like there is, it's a little lopsided from my perspective. Like it's, you know, there's really good art, but you know, the, the actual game is not interesting to me. Say if you can just put art that good in a game that I like, then sure. That's an awesome game. No, I just remember something. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Sorry. Um, I just remember something. Speaking of any games, this is, this remind me of something. I repeat myself five times. Um, have you guys I'm just really heard... excited about what you're gonna say? Because <laughs> I, I, it just came out to my mind. Because okay, this is service. I'm like being in the bush today. Have you guys ever heard this service called IndieBox? Just curious. A service called IndieBox? Yeah. No. Okay. So you know what a loot crate is, right? Yes. Okay. So I, cause, so a long time ago, there used to be this this company called IndieBox. It was similar to like um, Loot Crate, where like they would send you like um, like a bunch of like memorability and stuff like that. But how it works instead was um, 
they will send you like it's each theme was based on an indie game. So for example, one of them was um Freedom Freedom Planet, and it was sending like a little card, and within that card was like the game itself. It was sending like a manual. It was sending you a bunch of random stuff for the game, and it was like it's 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 kind of like lucrative, but instead of like getting um yeah, stuff based that. on the theme. Yeah, they they stopped they stopped doing it like I think like a few years ago. Now they think they're just a a regular um producer or something like that. But it was like so much fun. Like all the YouTubers were promoting it and stuff like that. I think I think I I had it like for like a couple of months, but I was like low on cash. So I couldn't really do it anymore. And I wanted it to do it again, but then when I heard they were shutting it down, I'm like, oh man, I guess I'm not doing that again. Let me show all my those crate box. All the loot box type stuff kind of all shut down at the same time. Yeah. I don't know, because I can't get emails for, like, Loot Crate. I'm like, are they, aren't they dead or something? What are these things? It's like, that's like the one-up box, right? Like, yes. Can... Um, is that the one where, like, you get, like, a free three games each month or something? No, one-up box was just a collectibles type thing like Loot Box was, so. And I was, I was in the Loot Box for, like, a year, you know, 12, 15 months sitting to it, and then I had to stop because it was, like... They would send me all kinds of cool stuff, but it was like, okay, where am I going to put all this cool stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's my problem right now. So I had to I had to cut that off. Give me a second, give me a second. But I did get the, they did, uh, every time they, every once in a while, they'll do a special one. And they did a special one for God of War, and I got that one. And I was happy to get that one. Yeah, I... I don't even think they do them anymore. I mean, didn't Loot Crate like go out of business or something? I don't know. Loot Crate's still around. Cannot find. They probably thing. do something different. I I know they have different loot crates now. They don't just specialize in the one loot crate. They have like a a clothing cr loot crate and a um house housewares. I think one loot yeah. crate type thing. Yeah, Loot Crate <laughs> has been uh, they've been having some difficulties oh, with their uh, with their logistics. From what I hear, like people are paying for their boxes, but some people are, you know, getting them late or not getting them at all. Um, I, I, I don't subscribe to their box, but uh, I'm a big sock fan. And I do get, I do get their socks, and I'm actually wearing found them. a pair of. This month's sock. Oh, nice! Just, uh, <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> the honor of Gray Skull. I had to give some of my nice. some of the boxes away because my parents kept nagging me to a big room in my room. So took so I but I kept at least a few of them. So like this is an example of how it works. So they give you like this box, and then inside of it, it's like a bunch of random crap kind of cool it's kind of like what a uh, limited run does with the um limited edition stuff like that yeah but it, it, i mean it's a little more it does a better job at it because you know they they give a better presentation this is more like look at all the cool stuff you could get like uh like uh what is this how many keychains do you need yeah <laughs> yeah that's your keychain yeah. right here yeah. yeah i have 15 keychains i don't know what to do with them and like uh, <laughs> i haven't opened this box in a long time 
But yeah, I mean, nowadays, limited run does seem similar where, like, you could just get, like, a special edition. I remember, like, when they did the Scott Pilgrim run, I'm like, I'm getting the best edition for Scott Pilgrim. Then I saw it was, like, $400, so I'm like, never mind. I am not spending $400 on this goddamn game. Okay. <laughs> I love Scott, especially I love Scott Pilgrim, and I'm not spending 400 Yeah. I think I got, like, the uh, $80 one, though, so at least I got something. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but I miss, I miss MD Box. It was a fun time, because it was, like... I mean, like get like the box in my room. It's like, oh, what's in today's package? Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you, do you guys get the limited run. Do you guys get the limited run things, or do you just get the game itself, or do you get like the um, special edition? I don't. I don't get disposable income for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get. I don't get, I don't get the. I, yeah, I don't get the special editions, but I do get a bunch of the the physical runs on some of those things. Like if I it's the right game, it gets it. physical game, it's a pretty big markup. Like it's a it's a tough sell for me. New new stuff's gonna be old stuff someday, Dan. <laughs> well, when it is, the maybe problem, I'll buy it. The problem with <laughs> a run is that they take forever to ship their stuff. It's like, I think I've ordered like. I think the Wander Song one, and that came in. It came in like six months later after I ordered. I'm like, what? Well, I, I mean, it, oh, it's it's a, pick your poison. A... You can you can have this stuff sell out, and people want to order it, and they're out of stock. Yes. Or you can take all the orders in advance, and then make the product, and then ship it, which takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sam. Spot on. <laughs> I mean, you know, back when uh, back when Netflix was. Oh wait, never mind. Nope, belay that. Um, Gamefly. I was. I, I remembered uh, this. This is about Gamefly. I had a Gamefly account, and we would, you know, get games every now and then. But uh, you know, time came to sort of trim the fat from our family budget, and you know that was one of the things to go. But um, we uh, we did end up um, renting Celeste on uh it was on a limited run cartridge and uh, uh besides that we also got um let's see what did we get super mario um super mario odyssey and mario kart um oh octopath octopath traveler um yeah somehow uh octopath traveler and uh super mario odyssey uh, did not make it back to Gamefly. <laughs> there are small cartridges, though. So. Did they so bill they, you for that, you? Ian? What? Did you, get, did you get billed for it? Like, did you have to pay for it, or? It just, yeah. 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 They. Yeah, they. They were wise. They. They caught on. But, so. <laughs> they have cool to have the limited run Celeste card, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, without... sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying, even without the box, it would have been yeah. cool just to have the cart. Yeah. yeah, it's not like the old blockbuster days where like you could you had people who were actually opening them up and swap swapping out like the Super Nintendo or whatever things, and you'd rent a game and it was not Clay Fighter, it was something else, or maybe it was Clay Fighter and you didn't want it to be. Maybe you wanted to be Quest sixty four. To get the screw, unscrew it, take the card out, and then put the new one in. For the expensive games, yeah, they would get cheap games and swap them out. Yeah. Parents like try to learn how to do this property. They're like, I got you, son. Here you go. 
We would never find out. It's so sad. I feel like if we, I feel like if we're gonna talk about indie games, we have to at least talk about Humble Bundle. We guys haven't brought them up yet. That's how I played uh, Steam World Dig for the first time on the 3DS. Hey, is anyone subscribed to their um, Humble Bundle monthly? Kind of just curious. No, do you know what that is? It's like each yes. month they give you like X amount of games and you get to download any of them. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are just like. I have never heard of these games before. That sounds like a good way to establish a backlog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, having a Steam account just gives you a backlog, apparently, because it's like... It's yeah, the holiday sales. Like, um, you have like so much games in your backlog from Steam. I'm starting to have that now. It's sad as it is. Yeah, I'm... Um... Well, I didn't buy anything last Steam Holiday Sale, but I just like got flooded with some old stuff now. Like uh, all the Kingdom Hearts games came to Epic Game Store, and they were even twenty percent off launch weekend. So I picked up some of those, and then like just that. the other day, Disney Afternoon Collection went on sale on Steam for like six dollars. So and it's still that. not on the Switch. Yeah, that is that is like, the biggest crime of a like, game. Not on Switch. That should it's be on so Switch. crazy. Like so crazy. That game. Well, the reason why is because some of those games were owned by Capcom. If they released no. it, they had to pay Capcom, and they're like, "We're not gonna pay Capcom." No, 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 no. No, they, 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 they didn't. They, they didn't. That I, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it had everything to do with them, because mm. Capcom is the one who made who produced it. Right, so it's it's not like they they had that to worry about. I think it's more of it came out when the Switch was just coming out, and I think it was one it was a it was a you know game that they were like oh well let's let's wait and see you know like a lot of companies were let's wait we, and see like, how the Switch it, does and then we'll maybe. Put games on for it. It's, it's, it's five it? NES games. What, what are you waiting to see? It's, I appreciate sure like, there's minimum work that takes to support five NES games. And it, and they Cat still could do it, and it would still sell. I have it on PlayStation Four. I would buy it again in a second if it came to Switch. Yeah. Who published it? And that's why Capcom we can't have Virtual Capcom. Capcom, Capcom published. Cap, yeah, I Capcom. Think Developer did, is so... Capcom with Digital Eclipse. And, well, and it's not like heck? it's been pulled from any other. It's not. It hasn't been pulled from any storefront, so they still have the, you know, they still have the ability to do it. So I just don't understand why it has. It's not on Switch. I don't know. That sounds. Silly. I mean, it ultimately, always comes down to money. Whether it's because they don't want Nintendo to have that. Nintendo, what Nintendo wants is a cut of sales, or. They, no, they Nintendo discount doesn't that want to game. give them something. They discount or... that game to like five dollars every time you turn around. So, yeah. like on Steam and PlayStation and stuff. So, I, I don't know. Whatever. Capcom's gonna do what maybe, Capcom's gonna do. Maybe they they couldn't. Capcom could get their license, the rights to the Ducktales because the reboot. Because I think nope. the reboot came out at that time. They or Capcom has the rights to it. They they made the original game and they and they published the the Disney Afternoon. They they have all the rights. It's not a rights issue. And, and since it's already on the other platforms, I don't think Disney would be holding anything up. Is there a physical version of that? No, I don't think so. Uh, nope. 
Tactics. I know, and I love those are some of my favorite Nintendo games. Like I, I love the all those Disney. Yeah, and Darkwing Duck. Uh, Darkwing Duck's pretty oh. expensive now. I think Darkwing yeah. Duck's like forty or fifty bucks loose. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, is Chippendale two on that? Yeah, yep. it is. Chippendale two is like a hundred dollar cartridge. A hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I feel so bad because I, I didn't know what DuckTales. I even even knew DuckTales was an actual cartoon until like, like a year after I knew about the NES game. I'm like, wait, there's a cartoon to this game? Well, it was a comic book before That's it was awesome. even a cartoon. The whole Duck <laughs> universe, man. Yeah. The Duck right. universe. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that, that's because it spun off to to stuff like Darkwing Duck and and right. and all that. And there's been comics long before it was a cartoon too. Yeah, the the Carl mm-hmm. Barks uh, stu- did Scrooge McDuck and and, and some that. of those some of those comics actually became plot lines for some of the original cartoon. At this point, might as well just write a whole petition to Capcom or whoever owns the S to do collection. Like, put this on the Switch. We need Let's this do on the Switch. Literally, buy NES. Or maybe Nintendo's. Just, or maybe, or maybe. Here's another option. Maybe Nintendo's gonna put them in their Switch Online service. Like, no way. We, we, no. Just... <laughs> no way. No. no. That'll it's never happen. Happen. No. It, it's not up to Nintendo anyway. That would be up to Capcom, and why would they do that when they're already selling them? Why would they give them to people for yeah, free? It's, it's not like Capcom yeah, putting Mega no. Man on Switch Online. Why would Capcom right. put all the all the Mega Man games on the Virtual Console and then make Capcom's the only putting the stuff on Switch Online? They're not going to release yeah. otherwise. Stuff like Breath of Fire. Right, yeah, like, but that's why there's no Mega Man games on the Switch Online. Yeah, because it's the. Uh... Because like if you want them, you gotta you gotta buy the the collection. I think that's the that's the why they can't really have a virtual console anymore because like companies yeah. are doing collections back from back. Well, I mean, companies are just doing it. It's just not all in one place. Right. You no. Know? Yeah, that's so the, get, that's the and it is kind of irritating. It was nice to have everything there, and it was nice because virtual console kind of spread out the representation. Like there's just a bajillion arcade games on Switch now. Sam, was that you yeah. that put together that 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 spreadsheet? Yeah, I I mean I was just curious myself, so I just kind of started it. Anybody else feel free to update that, but I mean I I you know people it, get it's mad interesting, at... and and there's always different ways to count things, but yeah, by count, I mean there are more legacy games on Switch than there ever were on Virtual Console on Wii or Wii U or 3DS even. You know, and people get mad at Nintendo for it, but it's, I don't, I really don't think it's Nintendo holding up, you know, but everybody's At the same time, Nintendo there are, there are games Nintendo. that were on Virtual Console that you can't buy on Switch now, and that, oh. yes, I get why people are upset about that. A lot of them are not, right, right, I do too, but, but a lot of them are not made by Nintendo, or licensed by Nintendo. All now, those TurboGrafx games are gone. Right. Now, the only, now, you can be upset if, because they haven't added any other you know, Game Boy or Game Boy Color or whatever. Well, or know. even just like, you know, there were in 64 games before, you know, you, you could buy Star Fox 64 on the Wii Virtual Console. Right. You you can't buy it you on Switch get, in any form. Right, you could get a lot right. of games on the Wii U Virtual Console. They, they were still releases even when the Switch came out. So. Yeah. 
But I mean, now there's a Turbo Graphics Mini out, so if you want them, that's that's currently your option. Is there though? Is yeah, it I don't think you can find it. I can't you find can even one. buy. It, it's out. It just you there are enough Dare of I them. say? <laughs> An analog well, Well, and that that's my issue with the you know, I'm actually a fan of, of you know, just you know, do a bare bones emulation and do it for cheap and and put it out there. I think that's the best way to keep stuff accessible. Now you do have an issue with, you know, these generational leaps of is that still gonna be there? Because you know backwards compatibility is never guaranteed and and you know, are we just gonna charge people again and Nobody ever feels good about that. Um, but I think that's the most effective way. Because, I mean, I think digital is great in a lot of ways because you don't have to be limited by the quantity you can produce in, you know, a year with a chip shortage and scalpers who have bots that can do the, I mean, if you're distributing digitally, you don't have to worry about any of that. Right. The only yeah, thing you like... have to worry about is getting the actual device to play those digital games on. <laughs> well, yeah. and ultimately, ultimately, yeah. digital, all of people's problems with digital are not technological problems. They are legal problems. Right. All of the issues with digital happen because of measures taken to prevent piracy. I kind of like going digital. It's convenient. That's why I kind of got a little annoyed when... Uh... I got my Axiwata book physical because I'm like, eh, I prefer to get this digital. I don't think that's really what you're talking about, but I'm just, we're talking about digital stuff now, right? Yeah, I mean, it just, it's something I think about a lot now because I, I, I see the point, you know, hanging out I mean, with, with the people at RetroLogic. I know everybody's pro physical there, but I think especially yeah. modern games, it's tricky. You know, we are, even we are even your delayed release physical physical like limited run collector's edition of a game like Streets of Rage Four is not complete because that game's but, getting DLC. But Sam, what would I have to spend <laughs> it's on, not my on the cartridge if not my physical my physical video games? <laughs> you just uh, you just um, run a program that says uh, verify uh, files of the the game super fun well guys let me uh do this let's uh i'm not ending the conversation what i want to do is end the stream and in order to end the stream i want to do the toast that i usually do before we make him a cup be right there hold on all All right right. so make sure you guys get all your drinks so i can end anybody who's been watching on our streams for the past almost three hours now (laughs) So, um, um, but then again, we can. Provide a couple of my 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 kitchen. But it's when we toast, to, but... when we toast, we can always continue on with the uh, with the cocktail hour afterwards. So continue that. Or we can talk about the Iwata book I haven't read yet. I'll read it eventually. We'll be talking about whatever we want to talk about. So with that, may your gaming time be plentiful, plentiful and fun. Your backlog short, and you and your families blessed. And good night to those who are watching, and for the rest of you staying, let's enjoy the cocktail hour. <laughs> good night. Salute. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.